When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition. And this week it comes from Christopher Beasley from the Liverpool Echo, the Everton writer down on Merseyside. Christopher, thank you very much for popping onto the podcast. How are you keeping? All right, thanks. I think I'm actually looking a bit black and white here. And believe it or not, this shirt and tie I've got on is actually lilac. But I think the way he's got the lighting in the studio, uh, typically black and white, uh, just for you lads. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to mention anything, but it's nice to see you uh, you putting on the colours of Newcastle United. <laughs> um, Newcastle travelled down to Goodison Park on Thursday to, of course, face Everton. And as I said on uh, yesterday's episode of the match preview, I'm not really sure how to feel about this one because you've got one side who are terrible at home and you've got one side who are terrible on the road. However, as Sean Dyche said after the win against Nottingham Forest, Everton have been galvanised by the points deduction. Um, are you expecting to see more of a change at home in the next few weeks, given what's what's happened over the last month or so? Yeah, um... Everton's home form, as you say, has been the Achilles heel this, this season, which is uh, ironic given the way things have been in, in, in recent seasons. Um, they've not actually um, played too too badly, to, to be fair. Um, they had a series of games in the first month or so of the season when they created lots and lots of chances and didn't take them and uh, were beaten. And uh, Deitch himself described it as unfathomable, the fact that they, they didn't get the results from those games. Um, Manchester United one was a strange one because of course that was the first game after the points deduction and they had this it reminded me a lot of actually Newcastle United uh, at home last season for reasons I'll go on to explain but in that you obviously had the huge crowd reaction to that um, the, the the protest through the streets before, before the game and everyone was sort of really fired up for it, but then totally undone by you know a, a wonder goal. I mean, three minutes into the game, sort of burst the bubble. Um, so it was important that they got a result after that, and which they, they did at Nottingham Forest. But yeah, that the home form has has been strange, really. Like I said, it's not always that they played too badly, but compared to the way they've been on the the road, they just haven't um, got the results. And yes, yeah, so it reminded me a lot. Uh, that Newcastle game uh, back in the spring when Everton had their big coach welcome that night and sort of 
flew everything at it, but they still couldn't get a result and were comprehensively beaten by Newcastle that night. Yeah, a good uh, performance by Newcastle that day. Alexander Izak with what should have been the assist of the mm. century, but it was actually not given to him and Jacob Murphy got the, the nice little tap in. I, but on the atmosphere, because we were talking last week, me, me and a colleague, about uh, the visit of Manchester United to St. James's Park and how St. James's Park is a cauldron and noise. Mm-hmm. And my colleague said, yeah, but you know, my United have gone to Galatasaray, welcome to hell. And then they were Everton you know, a few days before and don't tell me that those atmospheres weren't hard to deal with. But we were specifically talking about the protests at Goodison Park and how they're direct, directed towards the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and do you think that's got to change? You know, it, Because I think when you're directing your anger at the Premier League, you're not directing it at the opposition. And sometimes that can work in the opposition's favour. I don't know what you, what you think about that. Um, I think it just would have been very different if... It just, just hadn't been that Manchester United scored a world. He just like a couple of minutes into the game, just sort of changed the whole picture. And we sort of saw it at Nottingham Forest. There wasn't a hang, hangover for that. I think from Newcastle's perspective, um, that trip to Goodison was really important learning curve for them. Like you, like you say, um, as a Daily Mail uh, reporter, Dominic King, he's covered Everton and Liverpool over the years for ourselves at the Echo and then before he went on to the Mail. And he's seen it all in Merseyside football. He, you know, by his own admission, he's, he's a Liverpool fan. But he said that night at Goodison when Newcastle were last there, he said, that's the closest you're going to get to replicating the kind of atmosphere at Napoli. He said that sort of raw emotion. You're not going to get that anywhere else in Europe. And this is a Liverpool fan speaking. You know, when the Everton fans are, are like that. And that was a great sort of achievement for Newcastle on that night to, to, to sort of go there and, like you say, ahead of the... The, um, the atmospheres Newcastle have been experiencing and will have to experience in the Champions League in Europe um, this season. So it was really deflating from Everton's point of view because their fans gave so much. I've been there in those, um, I was going to say two times, it's now three times they've gone the last day of the season to, where they've needed a result to stay up. And, you know, even some of those atmospheres, although they were amazing, it wasn't quite the way it was against Newcastle United where the fireworks were going off and all of that kind. So... But Newcastle, you know, Newcastle still got the result there and they were able to, to do it on the night. So, ultimately, it's the players who, who have to you know, do it. There's only so much, you know, whether it's a partisan crowd from Everton, whether it's a partisan crowd from Newcastle. Ultimately, it's, it's down to the players and uh, it certainly helps with what the what the fans are doing with the, the emotion. But um, the, the players, you know, they, 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 you know, the fans can't score a goal for you. They can give you all the encouragement in the world, but, you know, it's down to those 11 lads at the, on the pitch. It certainly is. I mean, what are you expecting in terms of the atmosphere on Thursday? Are you expecting more protests? Are you expecting, um, like we said, the attention to shift onto the opposition, perhaps? What will Newcastle be walking into? Yeah, I think they're going to be keeping it up against the Premier League and expect to see those um, those cards which have been en masse. They're, they're pink in colour. They say Premier, they have the Premier League symbol on them. It says corrupt. They were whole, held up almost, um, I was going to say, to a man, to a man, to a woman, to a child um, um, at the Manchester United game. I mean, certainly it looked like 90, 95% of the home crowd were holding them up. And to be fair, a lot of people took them to the city ground last weekend as well. I'm sure that will keep up. But yeah, I'm sure there'll be the usual cracking uh, the banter with the Newcastle United fans. Of course, there's always the the added element of uh, Jordan Pickford whenever uh, Newcastle United are the opposition. I mean, I remember 
a season before last when Pickford didn't even play. Uh, Masmir Begovic was in goal. The, the night we, we had the supporter um, tying himself to the goalpost, so we even had the additional uh, sort of uh, drama that, all, that came with that. But yeah, the, we still had the, the, the inflatables for England's number one, even though he wasn't present um, that night. I mean, that's an interesting sideshow. I just hope that Jordan Pickford keeps his head because obviously there's been times I remember that that infamous game up at St James's Park where he, he lost his head and Newcastle came back to win 3-2. Um, he was very assured at the weekend um, with his kicking, with his handling. He didn't have any saves to make until late on when he couple of really good saves at the end as far as were pushing. It was a very accomplished performance from Pickford at the weekend. So I hope, I'm hoping from an Everton point of view he can replicate that because we all know what goes on with the, the pantomime side show when he, whenever he's up against Newcastle. But... Just hope he, he can keep his cool, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a, there'll be a great atmosphere. Yeah, no doubt there'll be um, a dinosaur or two in the the UN. Newcastle United fans always seem to have them in abundance whenever they're playing Everton. Now we are recording this ahead of Sean Dice's press conference mm-hmm. um, later this afternoon. Um, what do you think he's going to be uh, like? What, how is he going to approach this game? How does he look upon uh, Newcastle? Is he looking at it as? You know, this is a game we, we can win, or is it? You know, maybe a point is the best scenario. I think Everton should be looking at you know the potential to win any home game. Like you're saying, their uh, the form has been poor. It needs to improve that home home form. It would have been the case even before the ten point deduction. Um, it's an improving Everton team, despite obviously what the the current league table says because of that points deduction. A much more resolute side than than last season or the year. Before and Dutch's methods of getting across, he always keeps. He always remains very grounded. He's aware of the fact that every game in the Premier League's a, a a tough game. It's not just a cliche, and everyone's aware that this is a you know a, a very talented uh, Newcastle team who've been on a an upward curve the last uh, year or so. Okay, they've got a difficult patch at the moment in terms of fitness of, of the players, but they're still going to be a very competitive outfit. Um, it's interesting that they've got two home games in the space of. Um, Three days with Chelsea on the Sunday because it's very, it seems very seldom you, you can get six points from any sort of double header like that. It's a bit, a bit of a sort of difficult situation to have um, two games like that in close proximity and expect to get results from both of them, especially a team like um, Everton. You know, they're not a vintage Everton outfit at the moment, albeit an, an improving one. Um, yeah, they, 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 I, I would imagine he thinks even privately, perhaps it's a better moment than the most of possibly playing. Newcastle, but um, yeah, that, that, it's certainly no gimme, is it? And I think uh, both sets of players are going to be expecting a, a, t- a tough encounter. But Dice just keeps to, he, he seems to keep things on the level where there's, he calls it the noise, which sort of surrounds the club, all the, the hysteria and the, all the shenanigans that's been going on. It's been going on a lot more than usual the last couple of years, but it's good that he, he's got that sort of level head and the, he doesn't get too high and too low, depending on how things have gone. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And I guess you'd be looking to exploit Newcastle's away record because it is absolutely dire. They've only beaten Sheffield United 
on the road. That was a fantastic 8-0 victory for the Magpies. But other than that, they've not had the best of luck. There's been a couple of games where they really should have hung on um, and they've been unlucky. But, you know, Eddie Howe has, has said, you know, it needs to improve and it does for where Newcastle United want to go. But it, it, it would be a good opportunity for Everton to improve their home record by taking advantage of Newcastle's away record. Yeah, I suppose so. It's strange, like you say, we, we can't put the finger on it why uh, Everton's home record been so boring. You'd, you'd say the same with Newcastle on the road, given that, that you know the, the players that they've got, and that obviously, as always, St James's Park is is that big bonus for them when 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 they're playing at home. But you know, as as you know more than anyone, the the, you know, the, the large numbers that they take with them away, you've got that, that passionate support wherever they go anyway. So. I don't. I don't see how that can be a, a negative factor for them. Yeah, there's a, perhaps something's got got to give here. There's been um, there's been qu- quite a few um, sort of um, high scoring games. I seem to remember in recent years between these um, two sides. Bizarrely, they always seem to be midweek as well. Um, I don't know if um, Newcastle fans have picked up on that one. I'm sure they have with all the travelling they have to do, but. Yeah, I don't know why they always seem to be midweek. So you've got the added bonus of it being under the lights. I suppose this time of year it's probably going to be under the lights anyway. But um, yeah, another another midweek clash. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, you, you've seen, I've seen a lot more of them than me, but why Newcastle haven't been so prolific on the road. But yeah, maybe it's a bit of a head scratcher like Everton's um, home for. Yeah, 100% is. You just, you just don't, don't know what the remedy is, what the solution is. I mean... Like we say, like I said, they've been unlucky in certain games, but you know, on the whole, it's been quite disappointing on the road. But we're just waiting for it to click, as I'm sure Everton are uh, with regards to their home form. In terms of personnel uh, for Everton, I suppose the, the big question mark is over Dominic Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. He missed the game against Forest. Dyche said he was touch and go for for Thursday. What are you expecting? Are you expecting to see him back in the squad? Dyche was hopeful about it. You're never too sure, like as you know, with Eddie Howe and all the managers, they do keep the cards close to the chest and maybe they sometimes want to put you in the wrong direction or, or maybe, uh, not, sorry, not saying they misinformation, but they may paint a slightly different picture than what the, the reality might be. But he seemed hopeful. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, as you know, has had terrible injury problems in recent years. He played less than half of Everton's matches last season and less than half of Everton's matches the season before that. But then he's had what they, has been described as the factory reset this summer in terms of um, he's looking at things a bit differently. Deitch vowed to get to the bottom of um, Calvert-Lewin's injury problems when he first came to the club. He was very cautious with him and maybe what at the time seemed as an over-cautious approach has actually borne fruit now in the longer term because he... He'd actually started nine games in a row before he, he missed the Forest game. So it's his, his longest run for a, for a while and he scored a few goals. Uh, looked like he's getting back to, to his best. Um, I think they were kept him out as a precaution at Forest. Um, They've been sort of keeping him wrapped up in, the, in cotton wool all week and being careful with him. And in the end, they decided not to risk him. So... There's a chance he could be he could be back in uh, Beto. He's understudy. Um, you know, Everton's biggest uh, summer signing paid uh, nearly 26 million for him. He's had to be patient, waiting for his opportunities to come. Um, he had a big chance to score at Forest. He didn't take it. Um, he certainly occupied their defence. A lot of strong running from him, and uh, it just looks like he needs that bit of composure. And uh, 
he might be a different player once he gets that first Premier League goal, but he's still waiting for that. So, yeah, I'm not sure the 50-50, that one might go either way. Even once we've heard what Dyche has got to say later, we still might not know. But, yeah, there's a, certainly, I think, there's a chance that Calvert-Lewin could return. And did he scored a few goals against Newcastle over the year, so I'm not sure how much of uh, that, even something like that might come into Dyche's thinking. Mm, a talented player and, and very much like Callum Wilson, though, when it comes to, to the injury record, you just want to see him get through the majority of his season and, and just see how many goals he, he can score, but hopefully not against Newcastle on Thursday. Uh, Dwight McNeil got the goal against Forrest. It was a lovely finish. And, and Dyche has those players, a bit like Eddie Howe did when he first came in, that he's worked with before, that he trusts. He's a lieutenant, mm-hmm. uh, for want of a better phrase. And he seems to be getting the best out of the likes of McNeil and, and other players that he's, he's worked with before. Yeah, Dwight McNeil's um, one who really came on last season. Um, he actually finished top scorer, albeit with only seven goals for Everton last season. But five of those came um, after Deitch's appointment. I think five of them actually came in between uh, from 11th of March onwards. So um, he certainly took off on, under Deitch, of course, who was his manager at Burnley, gave him his, his, his um, first opportunity in professional football when he was right at the start of his career. And uh, yeah, we've been kind of waiting for, for that to return because that was his first goal of, um, of this season. He got um, injured at pre-season and at Stoke City. So he's sort of playing catch up with his form and sort of coming back into the side. So they, they, they've missed that. They've missed um, McNeil's goals. And from an Everton point of view, they're hoping that given that, like I said, five of those goal, goals came in a purple patch of a, over a couple of months last season, um, They've got that busy, festive schedule now that um, you might be able to get a few more. Because you can certainly say, as you said, you can certainly strike a ball. They actually call it the paintbrush, the way he's able to sort of stroke the ball with that sweet left foot of his. And uh, yeah, he's certainly a finisher on his day. But as he admitted himself at at the City ground on Saturday evening, uh, he wants to improve his goal output. He feels that as an attacking player, he can contribute more in in that area. And uh, Everton will certainly be hoping to get him into those positions to get a few more like that. And I'm a big fan of uh, Dakuri in the middle. I think he's an excellent player and he scored some important goals, not least the one that, yeah. that kept Everton in the league last season. Yeah. Um, just talk to us about him because Newcastle have got some really interesting, some really talented midfielders himself. And mm. we always say that's where the battle lies. Yeah. Uh, but Dakuri is going to have to go up against, we would think, Bruno, Joe Linton and probably Lewis Miley. Um, can he get the better of, say, Bruno in, in the game on Thursday, do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting one with Decore because he, the way he pushes on. Um, Amadou Anana's out in a moment and he's one who Deitch was saying at the weekend, again, he might change his tune later, but he wasn't so hopeful that Amadou Anana would come back because he's missed the last couple of games um, and he's a big physical presence in the middle forever, so they miss him. But they've got a couple of other ones in there as well. James Garner was man of the match on Saturday. He's a very much improving young player. Then at the other end of the spectrum, Idrissa Gay, who's a a veteran we all know about. But in terms of Decore, it was a strange one because he'd totally fallen out of favour under Frank Lampard. um, There'd been a bit of a dressing room spat and um, he'd actually been dropped from the squad. But when uh, Deitch came in, um, Deitch, as we know, had more or less played 4-4-2 a lot of the time at Burnley, but um, we wondered if that was how it was going to go at Everton. First game, pushes Decore up into a more advanced role and Everton go 4-5-1 with Decore almost like, almost Tim Cahill-esque in that playing off the, the front man for Everton. And uh, like you say, he scored some really important goals. A uh, couple at Brighton last season, the 5-1 win, which was sort of the one that teed them up for survival. And then, as you say, against Bournemouth on the last 
Ashgate Day, um, the actual goal that kept Everton in the Premier League, avoiding what would have been a first relegation in 72 years for the club. So, yeah, he's kept that up this season. A few more that he's, he's chipped with, in with. Dyke just called him Johnny on the spot in the, the terms of time. In terms of him actually just just being there at the right time to get those finishing ones, he's got a great engine on him. Maybe not always the easiest on the eye in terms of his movement and his and his technique, but you know, it really works hard in there. And anyone who's got an eye for a goal in the, those central midfield areas, you know, worth the weight in gold really to the team. And uh, he's like I said, he's certainly become one of the key men under Deitch. Yeah, big, big fan. Newcastle will have to keep him quiet. Um, in terms of the way Everton approaches the game on the field, uh, will they sit back and try and absorb Newcastle's pressure or will they uh, take the game to Newcastle, do you think? I think that's been kind of the, the problem with the um, the home form because on the road, they're, they're, they're able to do that. They were sort of, you know, it was a tight game at Forest kept them at arm's length, although it was stalemate for a long time. Everton always looked like the, the more sort of polished, the accomplished side and were sort of ready to, to hit Forrest and, uh, on the break. And maybe the fact that the, the fans don't let them do that so much at uh, Goodison, that could be um, part of the problem, that they're expected to to, to be on, on, on the front foot. Um, it, it, it's, it's a bit of a, a quandary, really, for Deitra, how, how to get them to play effectively at at Goodison Park, of course, of course, it's different anyway, given that Castle much more talented team than, than Forest with a lot more people who can hurt you in those, in those key areas. So I'd be an interesting one to see just how that, that one pans out. They're always expected to try and, if at all possible, of course, um, a bit different against Manchester United last time out, but, you know, to get on the front foot and to try and at least take the game to, to, to the opposition. And that's what the Goodison crowd will be expecting. But... Um, you know, maybe um, when opponent, like, I felt you know, Manchester United were good at actually slowing them down and just being a, a bit patient. That got the, the home fans frustrated at times. So it'd be interesting to see how both teams set up in that approach. It certainly will. Um, in terms of Everton's biggest strength that Newcastle will have to target and try and keep quiet, um, if you were sitting down with Eddie Howe and pointing it out, what would you be telling them? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be giving too many secrets away, but I think it's no, what is no secret, and a lot of teams have, have said this, is, is the physicality and the size of the, the Everton players. I think um, somebody got the take measures out earlier this season and worked out that Everton were the tallest team in, in, in the Premier League uh, overall. And um, when you've got someone like Idris Gay in there, maybe because some of the others really are bigger because he'll bring the average down. But so... Um, yeah, there's a lot of big lads. Uh, Pickford himself said that James Tarkovsky's head is a is a great target to aim for for the set pieces. So I think it's no secret that he's a um, dangerous even in the opposition box when he gets forward. And you got the young lad Jared Bramfway. Newcastle fans might not have seen too much of him so far, but he's come on leaps and bounds this season. Absolute man mountain, uh, not too far away. Um, obviously a Carlisle lad uh, on the other side there. Um, he's He's been a revelation this season uh, alongside Tarkovsky at the back. Um, so, you know, he, he's a real presence, a real handful. But he, he sort of devoured a couple of uh, big Premier League strikers um, so far. I mean, obviously, we saw it at the weekend there, uh, yeah, with Wood um, and then Antonio at West Ham. Yeah, so, yeah, that, 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 those big lads, I mean, you only have to see them, um, you, you know, that they're they're a weapon from the set piece and certainly if Calvert-Lewin's back as well, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a great aerial presence. There's probably few 
strikers in the Premier League who sort of can match uh, Calvert-Lewin in the air and what he's capable of doing. So I don't think I'm giving away any state secrets when I, when I tell you about that. What about the weaknesses? What's what's the main weakness that Newcastle can exploit? Ashley Young's been struggling at, at, at full-back, um, 38 years of age, Everton's oldest outfield player. You know, he, did, he, he was obviously somebody who Deitch knows well. Played with him at Watford um, when 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 Young was a was a teenager. So in uh, right at the start of his career, he's somebody that the manager's known for a long time. He's versatile. Obviously, Everton's current financial position. You know, they've already got in big trouble with the Premier League for for overspending. So they fact, you know, they've had to turn to players like this. You know, somebody who's on a free transfer and uh, Young come come in. He can occupy both fullback um, positions. Um, can play on the flank, so he's versatile. He's, he's somebody who Deitch trusts, but he's had some tough times this season. He got sent off in the Merseyside derby for picking up two bookings. Um, Everton's main grumble there was that Canate didn't get the same thing, but I don't think there was too many complaints with the fact that Young got an early bath. And um, to be fair, he's given away a few free kicks in dangerous areas there. But I mean, he actually he responded from that on Saturday, to be fair to him. He had a bit of a tough start there and... Uh, did well in the end, but um, it's actually interesting because a lot of Evertonians uh, rate Nathan Patterson, the young Scotland international right back who is uh, obviously in that area, and he's not getting a game. Dyke is going with Young, and of course, you've got the club captain, Seamus Coleman. He hasn't played since May. He's fit again now. He's chomping at the bit to return. So There's actually quite a few options there at right back, but uh, the manager is, is sticking with Ashley Young at the moment. Well, it's interesting because the man he'll be up against, if he is past fit, is Anthony Gordon, obviously the former Everton man who left under bad terms uh, when he joined Newcastle back in January. He is Newcastle's informed player. He is scoring goals. He is creating goals for his teammates. He is giving every single fullback he's going up against an absolute torrid time. But Reese James found that out getting sent off in the game against Chelsea. If it is Ashley Young versus Anthony Gordon, are you watching the game uh, behind your hands? <laughs> There's certainly scope for that, isn't there? I mean, I've told you know how, how talented Anthony Gordon can be, but it was an interesting one because he'd done very well in very difficult circumstances this season before. But as you know, he wasn't even getting a game when uh, Everton in a struggling Everton team before he came to Newcastle. But after what has been maybe a, they've had to show a bit of patience with him at first, he's sort of blossomed this season, hasn't he? He's really come on leaps and leaps and bounds. I suppose with with, with Gordon as well, you've obviously got his, his pace as well. You don't want to have a 38-year-old isolated one-on-one with somebody as, as quick as Gordon. So it's one that they'll have to look at. It just make, makes me wonder now what we're talking about here, whether, you know, after... Midweek, with after you, maybe it might be an opportune moment to give Ashley the, the night off. But yeah, I'm sure uh, going being for a hot reception from from the Everton fans. I mean, Eddie Howe actually did something quite cute, didn't he, in the game last season? In that, just put Gordon on for the last couple of minutes there uh, in a game that had already been won by Newcastle, just to sort of get that one out of the way. Um, it doesn't mean that everyone will have forgotten about Anthony Gordon now and just moved on, but that was actually probably a bit of good management from how and from the player's point of view, at least. Just so, you know, he's had his first return at Goodison just in the, in, in the shape of a, a little cameo at the end of a, a match that Newcastle had already won comfortably. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure... Um, it, it, I, I, like I said, I, I imagine that they sort of... Uh, the, the Anthony... 
Gordon reception would probably be sort of uh, comparable to the the one that Jordan Pickford gets from the Newcastle fans. Yeah, and you know what though, I, I imagine Anthony Gordon, if he is indeed playing, he'll absolutely relish that. You know, he'll he'll take that and it'll probably motivate him that little bit more. But he's definitely the danger man, I think, for Newcastle United. Hopefully, uh, from a from a Magpie point of view, he is past fit. Um, all that remains to be done then, Christopher, is to get your score prediction wow. for Thursday. How is it going to go? <laughs> We go with that one, and uh, do a same one for, for you as I go for on our one as well. Um, I think Everton are a due a, a, a result at, at home. They'd have to hope that it's a it's a good time to to play uh, to play Newcastle. I've talked about all these high scoring games in recent years, but for some reason, I, I, I don't possibly see it this time. So I think when Everton have won under Deitch, six times out of ten, it's been one nil. So, I'll try and be positive from our point of view and I'll go for 1-11. I've gone for a 1-1, one, one, mm. simply because the Newcastle side that plays is likely to be the same team that started the last two games and there's only been one substitution. Um, if you discount Nick Pope's uh, yeah. substitution in, in that game, obviously Newcastle will be missing Nick Pope. Um, I appreciate we haven't talked about that much, but I mean, that's the old news, really. It'll be Martin Dubravka between the sticks, I suppose. Before I give you actually a bit more reasoning behind my prediction, just a quick one on Dubravka. Will that come into Sean Dyche's thinking that Newcastle are going to have to play a goalkeeper who's not really played any competitive football uh, this season? He'll be he'll be maybe getting his strikers and his midfielders to perhaps shoot on sides? It should be, um, but I've seen this um, before with, with Everton various times and not sort of... Um got an, an opponent's uh, weakness. There was a big, a lot of talk ahead of the Merseyside derby when Andrew Robertson was missing and to, to get at the understudy left back there for Liverpool and it's something they, they weren't necessarily able to do. Um, they should do. I, 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 um, Deitch knows all about Pope, of course, doesn't he? Because he was his, his goalkeeper at Burnley and uh, knows how, how how big a miss he, he'll be. So, yeah, um, I mean, I suppose the Brook has play, played at Goodison before, hasn't he? So, it's not. It's like it's not like a kid who's coming in a, a rookie who, who hasn't experienced this before. But yeah, you certainly you would you'd think it was something you, you should do, or maybe uh, have, have a crack from long distance. Just see, just see how sharp he is. Mm. And Daish will know about Trippy as well. Trippy's always got nice words to say uh, about Daish. But yeah, I'm going for a one-one yeah. simply because. Of Newcastle's away record. I mean, anyhow, today in the press conferences again said we know our way form has to improve. We said he's expecting a physical game from Everton. I just think, like I say, the fact that it's going to be the same team that has played so many minutes and he hasn't got the options to change it up because he's not expecting Sean Longstaff back. He's not expecting Joe Willock back. You know, um, it's likely to be the same team. I mean, they're going to be absolutely knackered. And uh, it's going to be, a, like we say, a physical challenge against Everton. So I'm going to go 1-1. I think most Newcastle United fans would take a point. They'd like three, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, if you cannot lose and go on to maybe beat Spurs, then it's not a bad point at all. Uh, Christopher, thank you very much for popping on to the podcast. Appreciate it as always. Uh, to you guys listening, please hit follow and leave us a rating review as well. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where you can keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United.